0: Hey, Ty Brady here with Brady Insurance Marketing in the Ty Brady Way, one of the nation's largest field marketing organizations that helps independent agents achieve a six- and seven-figure income with the systems and strategies that I'm going to talk about with you today. Hey, I'd like to welcome Craig Baxter today to the show. Craig Baxter has been with me for a while, and a little bit about his background is uh Craig, remind me, you you had a background as a commercial, uh, or not a commercial, but a real estate broker, right? And then Correct. you did some property and casualty? Correct. Correct. You did that?
1: Yep.
0: So over the years, you know, you did, I think if you told me a story once about in Oregon that you listed a property and it was this dinky property, but it was all to get traction. Tell me about that story and then a little bit about your background. Okay.
2: Anyway, I was in the real estate business for quite a few years. I developed, sold, listed, whatever, and I was a broker. But anyway, one of my clients listed a little teeny house it was on a lot that was too small in southeast Portland. And in those days, it was priced at I don't know, nineteen thousand or something. And the phone rang on that all the time. And I had salesmen would say, "I'm not answering that damn telephone." And guess what? The ones that answered went down met people and sold houses. Not that one. We finally sold it. But that stupid little house got more action than anything we ever had.
0: Yeah, that was one of the stories I remembered that you told me. But tell me how you got in the, you know, you went from a a real estate broker to a property and casualty agent and then dabbled in the Medicare business. That's how we got introduced. And then uh, what are you doing now? Medicare. Medicare? Medicare and retire. Retire? Isn't that what it's all about? I finally sold my PNC business, yeah. Yeah.
2: But anyway, yeah, I was a broker in Oregon for about 16 years. And the reason I changed was back in uh, the late 70s and early 80s, we had interest rates that were like uh, 19, 20%. Mm-hmm. And all my construction loans were prime plus two and a half. Woo! So after about four years of that, my coffers were drained and I came here and got into PNC.
0: Yeah. You know you're starting to see some of that today i have I'm having mortgage mortgage people reach out to me, real estate agents saying, "Hey, you know things were good, but now they're starting to get a little scared, and they're like, "Well, tell me about what you do because our industry's thriving i mean we're you it is i mean people are still retiring, people still need their health insurance. We talk a lot about uh people will spend their last dollar to stay alive one more day, and it's so true. And I think you mentioned when I got here today, you sold a couple of policies yesterday or the day before? Yeah. Yeah, people still have a, have a need, huh? Oh,
2: yeah. Well, when people turn 65. And I think one of the interesting things about this business is it seems like it's a secret. People don't know what it is. And trying to explain
0: it to them and educate them is kind of self-satisfying. So satisfying. I, I never looked at it that way. You are so true. People, we're not keeping it a secret. But not a lot of people know.
2: It's a mystery tool. Yeah. And so Kellogg has put some good things together, like the flip chart. Yeah. That explains A and B and the difference between an advantage plan mm-hmm. and a gap plan. You know, and then there are other plans that we can sell. But I think that's uh, probably the best thing that uh, I've seen in Medicare.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're on Medicare as well. And I think where yes. you want to... You, you changed policies a few years back after you learned and were educated, right?
2: Yeah, I was on a plan F. You know, in those days, they said just get on a plan F. Now, yeah. At my age, I've been on it for a while. But actually, when I started to learn about the Advantage Plan, I looked at it and kind of put the pencil to it. And even with my knee operations and that sort of thing, I think over the years, I would have saved 8000 $10,000 had I been on an Advantage Plan, even though I paid the deductibles and all that stuff. Yeah. So I changed, and I've been very happy with
0: it. Yeah. I have clients who are very happy with it. Well, you would have you would have got on Medicare before Advantage plans were even around, right? Because yes. you know, Medicare Advantage plans came out in early 2007, 2008. Yes. So yeah, yes. you were on it long before. Yeah. yeah, you were one like you know Ron Kellogg when he talked about, you know, when he was with bankers, he's like, that's what they sold supplements.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all they had. So I bought the big enchilada F that you can't buy anymore, right? Yeah.
0: Well, people, the people that you know, people that are born before or were on Medicare prior to 2010 can, but people after that cannot. Yeah, you're right. To me, that didn't make any sense anyway. <laughs> people get so confused, don't they?
2: You know, when I was in the real estate business. I probably had 30 agents and you know people that worked for me, and I had a group plan through uh, Kaiser. Yeah. And when I found I paid for all of it for everybody. They didn't appreciate it. Oh, wow. It was wow. free. So I finally said, you guys get to pay 20%, and they kind of realized that they had
0: a benefit. Yeah, they are like, hey, I actually appreciate it. Well, when it, when they don't comprehend or see that it's coming or where that money's coming from, they have a tendency to forget, right? Right. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So you sold your PNC book. Uh, you cashed out. Um, I, You know, you told me you're looking to make a big move. Now, you're, you're moving. You're moving from... Uh, Salt Lake to Nevada, huh? Yeah. Wow.
1: Happening soon. A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Well, good.
0: You know, people need help there just as well as they need it here. All right. Uh, and I think you mentioned, you no, know, you can still help people over the phone and through the internet and all those types of things. But for you, man, that's a little bit of a challenge, huh? It's because I'm uh, <laughs> old. <technology's> a challenge. <laughs> hey, you know what? It can still be done. All right.
1: Yeah, I'm getting there.
0: You are, you are. So where do you
1: see yourself in the next five years? Dead. Oh, come on.
2: (laughs) No, I think, you know, I'd like to do enough Medicare to supplement my income and keep myself busy and active. Sure. That's the main thing, okay? Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. Down there, I'll go put uh, all my money on black
0: and double it. There you go. Right. You know, it's been a while since I've gambled, so.
2: Hey, I was a crap dealer. I learned not to gamble.
0: Yeah. It's fun to watch other people lose their money. You get to watch the excitement, right? Yeah. When I was in college, we had a guy come up that was
2: working for uh, Harris. So a bunch of us college kids went out there, and they told us how to be crap dealers and 21 dealers. And, you know, I woke up one morning with a little bit of a hangover and no money. (laughs) And I thought, yeah, this is a fun. Yeah. So I've never been you. And we're all going to put 20 bucks in the machine. Yeah. I'm
0: messing around, but tell him that. My dad, he told me a story when he was in the service. He and he watched his buddies lose their entire weekly pay in in a in a week. Yeah. And or in one night actually, and he just said, "I can't do that." You know, he, he's like, "I have a wife and I have a family," and or uh, he just couldn't do it, and he stayed away from it. But you know, I always tell, I look at it as entertainment. And yeah, you know, if I'm going to go out and do a movie and a, a movie and a, a dinner, and it's X amount of dollars, that's what my allotment is. When it's gone, it's gone.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people can't do that.
0: Yes, it's kind of
2: like there's some people that can have a drink or two mm-hmm. and be okay, and then there's people who can't. That's true. What it's the same thing as
0: You've been around a long time. What would you, what's just something you'd like to share with the audience uh, that listens to the show? You know, we're getting we're getting close to fifteen thousand downloads. And uh, just a lot of tremendous feedback from the listeners. Something you'd like to share with them.
2: You know, I guess the thing I've learned in life, just like when I was uh, in the real estate business and actually went broke. Uh, you reach a point where you can look at yourself and say, you know, I can get up and fight and do what I need to do or lay here and whine. And I guess that was one of the big lessons that I went through, you know. I lost a lot of money, a lot of property during that period of time. And uh, having a family, it wasn't very fun. So when I reached the bottom, I finally decided, you know what? I've got a choice. Yeah. Lay here and whine or get up and go. We always have adversity. We always have things we overcome. Like right now, it's called digital technology for me. Yeah. But I'll keep working at it and get it. Yeah. But that's the main thing, I think. Uh, I love what you like.
0: To do because then it's not work. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. So powerful. You know, that tells me, you know, you fail your way to success. And sometimes in life, we make the choice. Sometimes the choice is made for us. Right. And I mean, I was young in the early 80s, but my dad talked about because my dad was in the construction industry. He would build a house, he was a school teacher, he'd build a house every year, turn around and sell it. Mm-hmm. And he said, Hey, you know, I realized that when I was building a house and I made a thousand dollars profit and he did all the labor that he got out. And not only that, but people couldn't qualify for houses. And if they did, it was rough. And so when he sat on a house, he's like, his profit was gone. Yeah. So that's when he took a job and, and that's, you know, worked as a maintenance tech for chief engineer for years. And that's what I remember. But he had a family needed benefits.
2: Well, you know, when things got tight, people don't realize. But back in the late 70s and early 80s, it was worse than it is now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was building houses and condos and all kinds of stuff. And my interest rates were usually 19 plus
0: 2.5%. Wow. And I'm still on 10%. I, I've never even seen that in my, I mean, I'm, I mean, they were around when I was born, right? But I've never even seen that. I think the highest I've seen was 11. Yeah, well, they got it for 19. 19 plus 2? Yep. And you you can't survive on that. No. I lasted four years. Wow. And it wasn't fun. I bet. <laughs> but everything that life's a lesson. Sure
2: it is. You can either learn from it or lay down.
0: So the, how did you get into the PNC business? So you lose everything. How did you get in the P&C, you know, property and casualty?
2: I'd come back to you, Tony. I had a friend here, and my mother-in-law says you had to go to work for Allstate. She worked for Allstate uh, back in Illinois, so that was my connection uh-huh. to get into that business.
0: So after that, you got in the property and casualty industry, and that's how you raised your kids. Your family recovered from everything, gave you a gave you a platform. Yep. And you went through a couple of different transitions, right? Like from Allstate to your own deal, and Independent. Yeah.
2: I've never been a good
0: corporate man. You know what? I think once you get out of that arena and that oversight, I mean, I get it. Some people thrive in that. I don't. I don't need anyone telling me what I, you know, where I need to be at what time or quotas or anything like that. Yeah.
2: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the corporate world.
0: Yeah. How long did you last in the corporate world?
2: Well, when I got out of college, I went to work for American Oil Company. Okay. Which was Standard of Indiana. And that's what transformed me to corporate. And I did that for three or four years Uh and found out I didn't like the corporate thing. And went into real estate.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Craig, it has been a pleasure to interview you today. Any last thoughts you'd like to share with the audience before we close it out here?
2: I think the one thing is just don't give up. Challenges are there for a reason.
0: You know, I say all the time things happen for us, not to us. And we don't always know why that is. Usually it's after, you know, a few years. And you're like, wow, that's what happened. I know I wouldn't be where I'm at today if, if the rug wasn't pulled out from me. Yep.
2: Yeah. Well, Ty, you've come a long ways. I met you just when you started in the business. Yeah. And you've come a long ways. Yeah. And you're very
0: knowledgeable about the products so and that sort of thing. And I admire you. I sure love the mentors I've had and the friendships I've been able to make. And that's really where it's about. As always, share, like, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Ty. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. As always, share, like, and subscribe. Um, Go to Instagram at ty.r.brady. And as always, love hearing from you, and let me know what you want to learn on the show or what you'd like me to bring up on the show. Thanks.
2: You can find the Ty Brady way on Instagram, as well as Facebook to stay connected with giveaways and Ty himself, go ahead and follow at ty.r.brady on Instagram, as well as Facebook. This podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Whitney Face Media Marketing. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Joel.